Well, my name is Brian Asker. Uh, Sandy and I are the pastors here at Crossview Rosa Parks. We are so glad to have you here online and in the room. It is good. This past week, Sandy and I had a couple great conversations, and it was so fun to connect with each other. But you know, that doesn't always happen. Sometimes, you know, we go through a week and it feels like we've hardly even talked to each other. And, you know, it feels like, man, are we married? Yeah, okay, we are. But, um, you know, we just, it's been a while since we've really had a, a heart-to-heart conversation. And there's so many things that can get in the way. You know, we get really busy. We're doing things. You know, we're busy running here or there, meeting with people, preparing sermons, preparing different sorts of service projects and things, getting the slides ready. I mean, there's so many different meetings and things that happen throughout the week. Sometimes it just seems like there's so many distractions, you know? I mean, we all carry around these phones in our pocket, and man, there's a million things that you can look at, and you know, you're just distracted, and so we never have kind of that meaningful conversation uh, during the week. Well, maybe you've experienced this with your relationships, you know, because communication is one of those key things in any relationship. Any relationship, foundationally, communication is a big part of that relationship. Well, the same thing is true with our relationship with God. Communication is foundational to our relationship to God. And so we're going to talk about that today. We're in a series on life's big questions. And today we're talking about why and how should I pray? So this is uh, based on the Alpha Course. It's all about helping people connect to Jesus for the first time or maybe again. And so they had this great uh, story that maybe some of you have heard. There was a man trapped on his roof due to rising floodwaters. And when a large boat came by, the captain yelled, Let me help you! And the man yelled back, No, no, God will save me. Well, a little later, a little rowboat came by. And a fisherman asked, Let me help you! And the man yells back, No, no thanks. God's got this. I know he's going to save me. Well, eventually the man yells out to God, God, what's up? Where are you? And a loud voice from heaven says, who do you think sent the boats? Yeah. You know, it also reminded me of, uh, you know, there's so many movies that have great prayers. And so I was thinking about uh, Evan Almighty uh, has this prayer. And at some point in time, they're kind of asking about, you know, why do you pray? And Morgan Freeman, who plays the part of God, says, you know, if someone prays for patience, do you think that God gives them patience? Or does he give them an opportunity to be patient? If he prays for courage, does God give him courage? Or does he give an, an opportunity to practice courage? If someone prays for their family to be closer, do you think God zaps them with warm, fuzzy feelings? Or does he give them the opportunity to love each other? You know, these stories are funny because they illustrate some of the complexities of prayer. We don't see God physically, So it's harder to imagine how to talk to him and remember to talk to him. And we don't know what God is thinking. It's hard to know what he's thinking. And so we have a hard time talking with God, conversing with God. 
So I've already hinted a little bit at this, but let's talk about why we pray. And simply put, prayer is this. It's a conversation. It's a conversation with God. And the good thing about the fact that it's a conversation with God is that God tells us that we have access to him. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18, it says, For through him, that being Jesus, we have access to God. And the Apostle Paul, who writes much of the New Testament, tells us this. And that image of God as Father is important, particularly in that culture, because God is described as both male and female, but the Father was the provider. God, God is, sorry, God is described as both father and mother, and God is particularly important in that culture because, uh, as father because that was the provider. And we can think about God as the perfect parent. God loves us. He is the perfect lover, and he loves us just the way the perfect parent would love us. So a good parent wants to hear, how's your life? What's happening in your life that you're excited about? What's happening in your life that you're sort of bummed or frustrated about? And God wants to hear those things. A good parent wants to be a part of their child's life, be involved in the things that they're doing. And God wants to be involved in your life and what you're doing. And a good parent wants to guide their child towards maturity, growing up to become somebody who can live on their own and be a part of our world. And so too, God as our parent wants to tell us some things, encourage us, and help us to grow to maturity. And Jesus actually expects that we will pray. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, he says, But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who, is, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Now, we're not told exactly what that reward will be, but we can discern from this that it will be good. It's something that we're looking forward to, and we can discern from this that God cares for us. God wants to give us good things. He rewards us. The other thing I think we can see in this is that God sees us. Even if we don't see him, God sees us. So one of the reasons that we pray is that God is giving us a reward. We get this reward. And another is that God wants to give us peace. And we learn that from the Apostle Paul in uh, Philippians chapter 4. He says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So the reality is that life can be chaotic. It can be crazy, frustrating. There can be all sorts of things going on in our lives that produce fear and anxiety and frustration. These are normal parts of life for us, whether they're prolonged periods or shorter periods. And when we bring those things to God, it says that we get the peace of God. Now, the peace of God doesn't mean that all of our troubles suddenly go away and everything's perfect, peachy keen, yay, woohoo. No, we still face trials. But God will guard your hearts and your minds. And as I think uh, about that, there's our emotions, 
are often associated with our heart. And our thoughts are associated with our mind. And so when we're stressed and we're feeling that anxiousness that comes over us, we can present our requests to God and say, God, I'm wrestling here. I'm struggling. I need your help. And God can help us with our emotions and with our thinking. And you know, when I bring my things to God, the things that I'm wrestling with, when I'm up late at night and I can't sleep and I, and I pray and I say, God, I need you in this. It helps me to trust in him more than I trust myself. So we've discussed some ways and some reasons why we pray. We pray because we get a reward. We pray because we get the peace of God. But the question is, how do we pray? Well, like any relationship, any conversation that we have, there's no rules. You can talk to somebody in all sorts of ways. Sometimes Sandy and I have very specific things that we need to talk about. We go through an agenda. We check off the list. Okay, yep, we got that. We got that taken care of. We're going to make sure that the kids get to this activity and then this activity and all those sorts of things. Or you're going to get the, uh, you know, the house cleaned up here. I'm going to do it there. Those things are important. So like any relationship, sometimes we have very specific things that we do, and we can do that with God. We can come with very specific agenda. Maybe we pray the Lord's Prayer, uh, which is later in Matthew chapter 6 that we looked at a little bit earlier. Sometimes it's more free-flowing. It's sort of stream of consciousness. Whatever sort of comes out of my mind, I'm just talking to God. So too, in our conversations with God, we can sometimes have that specific thing that we're talking about, that agenda that we go through, and sometimes it can be just be a stream of consciousness. Whatever is coming to mind, we can just tell God those things. Sometimes I pray when I'm walking or running. Sometimes I pray on my knees. Sometimes I pray with my eyes open, and sometimes I pray with my eyes closed. Sometimes I literally write out my prayers because I need help focusing. And sometimes, get this, I literally text my prayers. There are all sorts of ways that we can have a conversation with God. The text one includes my friend. Maybe I'm praying for them for something specific. Here's what I would say. The more that you pray, the more ways that you try, and the more that you do those different ways, try those different ways, the more that you'll find the style that works for you, the ways that you can have a conversation with God. If you need help, Ask someone that you know that maybe you know prays more than you. They can help you to think about ways that you can pray or places that you can pray. In fact, I love praying with people because it holds me accountable. I need help reminding to pray more, so I enjoy when I can join with other people. All right, so we've talked why, we've talked a little bit about how we pray, but you might be wondering, like, what? What do we pray about? What should I be praying about? Well, in a letter to a young pastor named Timothy, the Apostle Paul tells him this in 1 Timothy chapter 2. I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peacefully and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So the first three words in that section are all about petition, intercession, and prayer. And really, those three words 
are basically the same thing. It's asking God for help. It's asking God for what we need. But there's two other important things I think we can take from this uh, particular passage regarding prayer. One is that it includes thanksgiving, really important part uh, of prayer. And it has this really wide subject matter. So we're to pray for all people, which includes people in authority, which we can see in this, even if we don't agree with them. And surprisingly, I think we're actually supposed to be thankful for them. And the prayers are specifically meant so that we can live peacefully and quiet lives with others. Well, there's another aspect uh, to prayer that I think about that comes from 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. It says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So this is encouraging us to confess our sins. And when you boil it down, I think prayer really comes down in many ways to three things. Thanks, please, and sorry. We spend time doing those things. We spend time thanking God, counting our blessings, all the things that we have in our lives. Imagine what it would look like for us to count our blessings more than we count our problems. Saying sorry. It's one of those things that the, it's hard to do sometimes, but it's really helpful. The Alpha Material has this story of one person's prayer that I thought was funny. The person starts off, So far today, God, I've done all right. I haven't gossiped. I haven't lost my temper. I haven't been greedy, grumpy, nasty, selfish, or overindulgent. And I'm really glad about that. But in a few minutes, God, I'm going to get out of bed. And then I'm going to need your help from then on. Right? That's who we are. We need God's help, and we need to confess those things to God. It doesn't take long for us to need help. And we talked about this last week. Jesus died on the cross for us because of our sins, and he wants to forgive us. And we're totally forgiven, according to what we talked about last week. So some of you might wonder, well, why do I need to confess my sins on a regular basis? Well, John chapter 13 uh, tells the story of Jesus washing his disciples' feet. And Peter jumps in and says, no way, Jesus, you're not going to wash my feet. And then Jesus says, unless I wash you, you will have no part of me. So Peter says, all right, well, if you need to wash me, wash the whole thing. Get the whole thing, Jesus. And Jesus says to him, well, you've already taken a bath. You don't need a whole bath. You just need to clean the small parts, just just your feet. It'll be okay. And so Jesus invites us, yes, when we have confessed our sins to Jesus and asked him to lead us, we are totally forgiven. But Jesus invites us to continually go through that process of getting some of our feet cleaned when they get dirty. All right, so the big question that people ask about prayer, and if you don't follow Jesus, this is one of those. Does Jesus, does God always answer our prayer requests? 
Does God, does God always answer prayer? And in a matter of speaking, the answer is yes. But I'm here to tell you that it's not always as we expect, and it's not always the answer that we want. Like a good parent, a good parent doesn't always say yes to every request that their child has. You can ask my kids. They might argue whether or not I'm a good parent, but that's for another day. I have a high school friend uh, that I have prayed for for a long time. Um, he does not follow Jesus. And, you know, we were looking at that first uh, Timothy passage that tells us to pray that our friends will come to know God and his love for them. My friend still doesn't follow Jesus today. And the question is, whose will wins in that scenario? Does God's will win or does my friend's will, because he doesn't want to follow God, win? You can think about it this way. A sports team. Do you know that the most common prayer requests are, first of all, for our friends and family and the help that we need, and second of all, for my sports team to win? So whose team wins? Is it the team that has more people praying for their team? <laughs> or, you know, let's get more practical. One person prays uh, for rain because maybe their crops need help. Another person prays for it to be dry because they're hosting, say, a church event, right? I mean, those are good things. Which one wins? Well, obviously these are competing prayers and we are not God. We don't understand all the things that God is doing. Prayer is ultimately a conversation with God and it's about a relationship, which means that it's a two-way conversation. It's not just me talking to God, it's me listening to God and hearing what God has to say. And the main way that God speaks to us is through the Bible. We can read that. But God can also speak in other ways. Recently, I was reminded of the value of that in one of my classes that I was taking for covenant orientation. And I've been including some more time of silence in my life to slow down and pause and let God speak to me. So where does that leave us with whether God answers prayers? Well, uh, because it's a conversation, I think you'll find that God answers maybe the same way that you would answer a friend that asks you for something. Sometimes you're going to say, yes, I want to do that. I'm going to do it exactly the way that you asked. I'm all in. Sometimes you're going to say, I like the idea and I want to help you, but I think we need to wait or maybe we need to do it a little bit differently. And sometimes we're going to say, no way, I don't want to do that because I don't think that's the best thing for you right now. Or maybe it's not the best thing for somebody else. So I want to ask you, what does your prayer look, life look like right now? What does your conversations with God look like right now? And what would it look like for you to improve your communication with God? No matter where you're at spiritually, I want to encourage you to improve your conversation and be intentional. Just like Sandy and I had to be intentional this week to get in some great conversations we need to be intentional with our relationship with God if we're going to have a good conversation with God. If you don't believe in God, 
I want to encourage you to try asking God for help for you and your friends and see what happens. The uh, William Temple, the great Archbishop of Canterbury, said this, When I pray, coincidences happen. When I don't, they don't. And so, I want to encourage you, if you don't follow Jesus, to try it out. See if there are some coincidences that happen in your life. Try it out for a while to see what happens. And be careful that you're not testing God either with a specific prayer request, with a specific way that you want to see it answered. You might need to ask God to show you the answer to your prayer. And if you do believe, I want to ask you, what's one way that you could improve your communication with God? Maybe you want to pray the Lord's Prayer regularly. It's a great model for us to use. It's in Matthew chapter 6. You can jump in and you can literally read that every day. You can pray that for yourself, for others. I know Sandy has been doing that recently. I also want to invite you to join our Wednesday night prayer meeting. Every Wednesday at 6.30 online, we come together as a Rosa Parks family to pray for one another, for our community, for the world. And you could jump in. And you know, it could be a great way for you to learn to pray. You, could, you don't even have to pray. You could just come in and join us and watch. And you could learn how to pray. No pressure. I also thought, you know, some of you want a big challenge. Something that would be really hard for you to do. You're all in. This is your kind of thing. You really want to improve your communication with God. Look up the divine uh, hours. Sorry, it's called Pray the Divine Hours is what I looked up on Google. There's a church in Ann Arbor, Michigan that has the divine hours, which is this, the prayer of the offices. Three times a day, they have maybe four, uh, they have prayers that are written out that you can literally read and pray. That's maybe a big one for some of you to pr think about praying three or four times a day. That would be a lot. It's a big challenge. So it's not for everybody. But for some of you, it might be what you want to do. Jump in and try something. Try some prayers that have been written out and used by those who have followed Jesus for a long time. I know that's something that Sandy and I um, have done at different times in our life. And I know Sandy's uh, currently jumping and doing uh, the prayer of the hours. So pray the divine hours. Look it up on Google or you can ask me uh, to help you find it. Whatever it is, I want to encourage you to pick something. Pick something to try to improve your communication life with God. Sandy and I have been married for almost 16 years now, and we're still learning to communicate, right? Amen. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been following God. I've been talking with God and conversing with God uh, since I was five years old. Uh, I'm about to hit... Uh, 41 uh, here in the next month. And uh, I'm still learning how to communicate with God. It's something that I think we can spend a lifetime growing in learning how to communicate with God. But I have also seen God answer some crazy awesome prayer requests. I've seen God move in profound ways in my life. I remember when we uh, were working on campus at Bemidji State University 
Every Sunday night, we would gather a group of students to pray for their friends to, to know Jesus. And one fall, we prayed for this student named Drew every week. And then I remember in the spring when he showed up and started to pray for his friends. And everybody in that room that had been praying all fall suddenly had this sense of, wow, God does answer prayers. God does want people to know him, and he does answer that prayer. I remember when we were thinking about adopting, we were praying whether and asking God, God, do you want us to adopt? I just, we don't know. My wife was praying on a run, which she does frequently. She said, God, do you want us to adopt? She ran around the corner, and there, right in front of her, was this sign that said, you can adopt. God answers crazy prayers in crazy ways. I've seen it happen in my life. I've experienced the profoundness of prayer. I've certainly experienced times in my life where I don't pray and where I struggle uh, to see God answering prayers. But I wonder what would happen in our life if we were working on improving our communication with God, what we would see happen in our lives, in our friends' lives, in our community, in our church, and in the world. And I want to invite you to deepen your conversation with God. Let's pray. God, thank you uh, for your word that tells us about who you are, helps us to know how to talk to you. God, thank you uh, that you do talk to us, you listen to us, you love us, you care about us. And we pray that you would help us to hear from you to hear and to see when you are answering our requests. And help us to try something new. Try it on for a while so that we can know you and hear from you and see you work in our lives. Amen.